Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hey, pray for me. Um, let's just pray for it. Father, thank you for this day that you have allowed us to see. Thank you for keeping us from dangerous seen and unseen. Thank you for being a forgiving and understanding God who keeps us on, who keeps on blessing us despite our messing. Lord, I thank you for this time to share your word. Thank you for the clearing of my mind to hear from you. I ask that you open the eyes, ears, and hearts of your people to receive and accept what thou trying to say. Mm, thank you, Jesus. I pray that these words will be encouragement, and I pray that our faith is renewed, regenerated, and enlarged by the word and brings us closer as we draw to our destiny. Oh, Lord, let the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Amen. What I have gotten together to talk about on tonight is discipline. This has been a very hard topic or subject for me, and I feel that most people, Christians, don't want to hear too much or anything about discipline or getting their flesh under control. But I noticed that we get excited to hear teachings about prosperity, healing, and deliverance. Um, We'll stand in line for hours uh, to hear the latest teachings about the Bible and prophecy, excuse me, and the Lord's return. But when it comes to self-discipline, people don't trample over each other to get a seat. Um, I notice, and I notice in going through this for me, also it involves a little pain and discomfort in the beginning. And it's really fun, you know, because you get to realize some things that you didn't really notice before. But I want you to know it's absolutely necessary if you want to see God's wonderful promises bloom in your life, so with the spiritual and so with the natural. Now, what does it mean to be disciplined? Does anybody know what it means to be disciplined? Well, one dictionary describes it as a state of order based upon submission to rules and authority. Now, did Jesus think that discipline was important? Do you think Jesus thought that discipline was important? Hello? 
Well, he did. Yes, I'm sorry. Couldn't get my phone unmuted. Yes. <laughs> okay. okay. Well, he did. He used the root word of discipline to identify those who follow him and his example. He called them disciples. A disciple is literally a disciplined one. Now, let's go to Matthew 16, 24, and 26. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is man? What is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Okay, we have a spiritual authority, God and his word. He has certain rules and spiritual principles in place. To be spiritually disciplined is to put your life in submission to those principles of faith. Now, another definition says... Uh, is to train or drill by instruction to repeatedly work on something until it becomes second nature to you. So with the spiritual and so with the natural. Do you notice that it meant learning or one who receives instructions? Can you hear me? Uh, yeah. No, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Sorry, my phone keeps freezing. I'm trying to answer you, um, but I'm following you. Okay. Okay. I had to ask myself some hard questions when I was reading this. And going through this, am I a disciplined person? What areas am I disciplined in? And what areas do I lack? Now, we have a spiritual authority with God and his word. He has certain rules and spiritual principles in place. And to be spiritually disciplined is to put your life in submission to those principles of faith. Now, the, the other de- um, definition that I said is to train or drill by instruction to repeatedly work on something until it becomes second nature to you. It involves learning what to embrace and what to, inv- what to avoid. Getting understanding about God's standards and, key- and keys to successful living. Are you open to instruction from the word of God on getting our flesh under control? Well, let's go to the source and begin with understanding. In the scriptures, Paul gave us a clear picture of this battle between flesh and the spirit. If we go to Romans 
7, 15, and 16. Only 15, 7, 15, and 16. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Does that sound familiar? Can you relate to that? Paul here is saying, I don't understand myself. I fail to do the things I want to do, and the things I don't want to do, I do. I end up doing. Jesus told his disciples when they couldn't tarry one hour with him in in prayer, but they kept falling asleep, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Who has felt like that? I know I have. I said that I wanted to start eating healthy and exercising, but I just seem to keep falling into the same old patterns. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak because I go right back to eating what I'm not supposed to eat. (laughs) No, I'm trying to lose weight. No, I want to lose weight. No, I need to lose weight. But them same old patterns, and lots of believers get to the desire stage, but sadly, that's where most of us stop. And why is that? Because the next stage calls for discipline. And again, so with the spiritual and so with the natural, it stops at discipline. It takes discipline to exercise the kind of faith required to bring about change to bring about promises and to bring God's promises into manifestation. If you have discipline, you'll ultimately see that promise become a reality. Now, in Romans, Paul goes into greater detail in describing the struggle between the part of us that desires to please God and the part that wants nothing but to please self. If you go on to read, and I'm not going to continue with that right now, Romans 7, 17 to 25, he's describing a war between the flesh, which he says contains no good thing, and part of him that he calls the inward man, his spirit, which he said delights in the law of God. He describes all this in that chapter if you go on to read it. But if you are like most Christians, immediately after being born again, you found that you had an amazing amount of zeal for God. In church, every time the doors open, Bible study, uh, you're there. Regular quiet time, you jump out of bed, you know, and meet with God. You're sensitive to the voice of the Spirit. And... You saturate yourself with the word of God. You know, you're always looking and searching. 
um, don't you remember some t- such a time like that in your life? And again, so with the natural, so with the spiritual, when you commit to something, it's a commitment that requires discipline. If you're like so many other believers, that flame probably isn't as hot or burning bright as it was back then when you first got saved. Without realizing it, you find that you can spend less and less time for the word thinking, oh, I'm mature now, I know a lot. I was just like, ouch, ouch, Lord, ouch, you know. I know a lot about the word. I can skip this. You know, I don't have to do that. You know, I can miss this. This is some of the things and some of the excuses that we get. That morning quiet time becomes a hit the snooze button time. How many times have we done that? I know I have. I've gotten so that I wake up 5, 6 o'clock in the morning every morning and I was like, oh, I ain't getting up yet, you know. And then I just, my um, phone goes off. I slip the button and turn over. I don't go back to sleep because I can't go to sleep once I'm woke, but I just lay there. Then I started waking up like at 4. And I was like, okay, you know, why am I waking up so early? Shut up, 6 was early enough, you know, but I wasn't getting up. So, you know, he changed the rules on me, you know. I mean, but um, we ignore these things sometimes when he is trying to get us, get our attention. But um, you never manage, you, you think you're going to get back to that, that time that you had, but you never manage to actually get back to that time. Um, that tender-hearted sensitivity to the spirit that you once made you ready, willing, and able to obey the smallest instruction has been replaced by hardness of hearing and hardness of our hearts. What happened to that fire? What happened to that zeal? Where did the commitment go? The hard, cold truth is, for most of us, is that we have become victims of our own flesh. It's gradual, and it's primarily a lack of discipline. Now, stay with me now, because I know some of us, Spiritual folks say, well, she's not talking about me. That's not me. But the attribute of true discipline is very rare among rare among Christians today. And let's let, let's not get offended because this hit me hard. We naturally lack the personal discipline necessary to operate in God's system. The basic things of God, such as prayer, Bible study, sharing our faith, thinking right, and talking right must become second nature to us. It has to become a regular part of our daily routine. Jesus said in John 8, 31 and 32. If you continue, ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. God never designed your flesh to be in control. He designed a system in which your born again spirit 
is in the driver's seat. That part of you made alive by the life of God himself is supposed to determine the direction of your life. Still, most believers let their flesh call the shots. Yes, your flesh will talk to you, as we saw in Romans 7 and 17 to 25. The word of God, not me, not Gloria, is saying that the desires of your spirit and the desires of your flesh are pulling in opposite directions. Paul explained this to us, and it was so deep to him that he said, oh, wretched man am I. As I said when I was um, studying and coming, the Lord was dealing with me this. I had to look at some stuff, you know, to where, you know, my commitment was, you know, and, and, and uh, I had to ask myself, you know, am I disciplined? You know, where where am I lacking? You know, um, we have to get to that point. But see, in, in, in the very next uh, passage of Scripture, Paul didn't stop at, oh, wretched, wretched man am I. He didn't leave us or himself in that wretched situation. In the very next chapter, he tells us what we all what all we have to do to break this cycle of defeat and condemnation to walk after the spirit instead of the flesh. All this goes right back to the heart of what I'm talking about in discipline and then being a disciple. When you walk after the spirit, you feed your spirit man until it dominates your flesh. God is not looking for mere church attendees. He's not looking for people to put on a good show. His eyes aren't roaming to and fro throughout the earth in search of those who talk a good talk. You know, some some people can really quote the scriptures and talk talk the Bible really good. But no, he's looking for disciples, disciplined ones who will walk after the spirit rather than after the flesh. It isn't easy, but the rewards are great. As I looked through the word, I found five basic requirements for being a disciple. True discipleships exhibit five traits of characteristics. If you cultivate these characteristics, you'll be reaping the reward of true discipleship. The first one is found in Matthew 16 and 24. Um, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Many desire to come after Jesus, 
They say that they intend to follow him. But Jesus points out the price of walking in those footsteps is a high one. Basically, it will cost you everything that you have and are. Now, let's look at the Amplified version. Um, Okay, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to be my disciple, let him deny himself, disregard, lose sight of, and forget himself and his own interests, and take up his cross and follow me. Cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living, and if need be, in dying also. Okay hard, huh? The fact remains, in order for you to be disciple, disciplined, and reap the greater blessings, you have to let go of your own interests. Take of the cross of the cause of Jesus. The word is clear that self-denial and cross-bearing is the way. The second characteristic that I found is renunciation. Renouncing the enemies of discipline. You find that in Luke 14 and 26. This says, if any man come to me and hate not his father and his mother and wife and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. It's hard to imagine Jesus telling someone to hate in order to be his disciple. To properly understand this verse, you must first realize that Jesus was using a figure of speech to make a point. What Jesus is saying here is in order to be a true disciple, your love of God and the things of God must be so strong as to make you love make your love for your family look like hate in comparison. You are to renounce anything that cools your primary affection and devotion to Jesus. Anything that is an enemy to your discipline. You have to renounce. Again, so within spiritual, so within natural. We frequently hear family responsibilities being used as an excuse for avoiding things of God. Oh, I like to, but my child, you know, has something going on. Um, I know I said I would, but family stuff came up. You know, and I have to, uh, you know, the hard truth is if your love for the things of God is in the proper place, you'll put things in order to spend time doing what you have to do for the Lord. You'll do whatever is necessary to maintain your spiritual discipline. 
whatever is necessary to maintain your spiritual discipline. Number three is leaving all. Found in Luke 14 and 33. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. Forsaking all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. It tells us that there's a certain type of person who cannot be his disciple. Heard that? If you can't forsake all, the primary thing that Jesus is referring to Stuff. And y'all know we have some stuff that we are not trying to leave behind. An excessive attachment to material possessions. When you begin to prosper, don't forget that it really belongs to God. You have to make sure that when God blesses you with stuff, remember how you got it. We have a tendency to forget that, how we got it and who gave it to us. If you maintain that perspective, you won't have trouble when the Lord speaks to you to give it away. You won't experience a decrease. You'll experience an increase. You think, oh, I can't give this away because this is all I have, you know, or no, I have to hold on to this because I have to look for the future. You know, I, I have to depend on this. You know, I might need this. But you won't experience a decrease. You'll only experience the increase. The Bible tells us that. One day the disciples were sitting around talking about how they had given up everything. Because if you read about the disciples and each one of them, they had to leave what they were doing in order to follow God, you know, leave their homes, leave their jobs, certain things they had to do to be a disciple and follow Jesus. But in Mark 10, 29, 30, we find Jesus' response to them that when God asks you to give something, and you're so attached, you'll never experience the increase. And even worse, he said, you can't, you can't be his disciple. In Mark 10, 29, and 30, let me read that. I have it marked here. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive a hundredfold. Now in this time, houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the world to come eternal life. You're not missing out on nothing 
If you have to give up stuff, you ain't missing out on nothing. He said you will get it back a hundredfold. Who wouldn't go after that? The word said a hundredfold. This Jesus himself said that. That was his response to them. You gave up all, but you didn't lose anything. When God asked you to give something, as I said, you will, and you, and you don't, you will never experience the increase. And as I said, even worse, you can't be his disciple. It says in his words, you cannot be his disciple. That's, that's a hard, hard to realize that sometimes because we don't ever want to let go of some things. We just got to keep hope to it. But think you can never be his disciple if you're not willing to let go of some stuff. I tell you, this was really rough. Four, counting stead, continuing to be steadfast. If you want proof of whether or not you're a disciple, check your level of steadfastness. John 8 and 31. Eight and thirty-one says, Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then you are my disciples and disciples indeed. According to Strong's accordance, concordance, a Greek word translated continue in that verse means to stay in a given place, a state, relation, or an expectancy. means to abide, continue, to dwell, to endure, to be present, to remain, or to stand. In other words, if you remain steadfast in the word, then you are indeed a disciple. So with the natural, so with the spirit. Then, indeed, you are a disciple. What is the result of being steadfast disciple? Jesus tells us in the very next verse, John 8 and 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Do you need to be made free in a certain area of your life? Continuing steadfastly is the key to your breakthrough. Doing something half-heartedly, one or maybe two times a week, maybe a month, even a year, and then we stop. That won't do you any good. It takes it takes. Constancy, consistency, and continuance. In other words, steadfastness. That's what Galatians 6 and 9 is talking about when it says, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Don't stop. Don't quit. 
keep going. Keep being consistent in what we do. We will reap. We won't faint. The last one is bearing fruit of the Spirit. In John 15 and 8, says, By this is my Father glorified, that bear much that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. The ultimate test is fruit-bearing. What kind of fruit, you might ask? The fruit of the Spirit. And first and foremost is love. He is saying when you bear love, the other fruits will fall in line. as joy, peace, patience, kindness, and et cetera. And then you are proving that you are a disciple of Jesus. Let me tell you, if a Christian is not walking in love, he or she can forget about the blessings that come with being a disciple. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 3, all the religious words and actions in the world are a waste of time unless you're walking in the fruit of the Spirit. And y'all know that verse that I'm talking about, uh, you sing like the angels and preach like, you know, that one. I'm not going to go all into it, but y'all, some of you know, if not, First Corinthians 13, 1 to 3 tells us all those areas and all those actions that we do is a waste of time if you're not walking with the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I'm asking you to take time now to examine your life for these five evidences that I have presented you with of being a disciple. Make sure that each one of them is in evidence or in development in your life. So with the natural and so with the spiritual. I know you heard me say that over and over different places in my talk, but whatever you do, do it wholeheartedly. Stop half-stepping. God is not pleased. When you fail to discipline yourself in the natural, that failure ultimately translates into failure in the spirit. When you commit to something, commit. Don't quit. Don't give up, especially when God is in it and you want an expected end. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Live a disciplined life and be blessed beyond measure. Amen, and thank you for your time. Amen. 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 Thank you um, for that one-time word, spiritual discipline, um, and telling us how to keep our flesh under control. Mm-hmm. That was real good. Any comments, any questions? No, I, I think it was good. Um, it definitely speaks to um, how, like you said, everyone feels like they can't be talking about you when you're talking about discipline. And we always say we'll make time later. And it's like, no, you got to make time first. Um and it's so simple because everyone says, well, you got to put God first. So if you wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning and you typically know you're going to read the Bible for half an hour, I guess you got to start waking up at 530. So it really just puts you in a mindset of understanding where you are 
and where you want to be and what needs to happen. Because um, I know I can never make time. Like, even if I do it at the end of the day, all my intentions are great, and then I'll, I'll be the one to fall asleep on the Bible, literally. So I notice how I have to do it as soon as I wake up. Like, and I, I have a routine. If I, if I don't do something, something is going to go out of whack, and I'm just not going to get every reading that I want to get done. So um, I definitely feel like it was, it was great, and I love the breakdown of the discipline and disciples and the, the whole entire lesson. It was awesome. Awesome. Anyone else? Hey, this is Shonda. Can you Hi. hear me? Yes. Well, what I'm going through right now in my life is, you know, it's a ma- it's a major shifts happening, and the fact that you know I came in on when she was saying, whatever you do in the natural. If it's not disciplined, if you're not steadfast, if you're not, you know, um, if you can't, if you're not putting God first, your spiritual life will be affected tremendously. And it's just an amazing thing that she said that because I woke up this morning and I was just all over the place. I said, let me line myself up and just get my head around my home first. I had to get my house together first before I even got to work. And then my spirit just followed suit and I was just so happy and you know nothing can really alter because I woke up in the spirit I woke up in worship and I just thank God for that because that confirms everything that I was feeling this morning and in my household even up to my husband you know where I'm like you gotta set order to have a command center set things in order so that the spirit whatever is in earth can line up in heaven you know what I mean so that was just really amazing it was really, you know, I had to be, like, uh, descriptive, but that was on time, and it was co- it was confirmation for me. So thank you. Yeah. Anyone else? I like the um, part, and I wrote it down, that, um, the things of God must become like second nature to us. Um, you know, like it's, it, and it brought to mind of, you know, how for me, my routine, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I do my prayer. As soon as I open my eyes, I say, thank you, Lord. And then I pray and I do my scripture. And then I go in the bathroom, um, brush my teeth and watch my face or opposite. But I always make sure that my morning routine includes, you know, my um, my acknowledgement of God and who he is in my life. Um, but, you know, it's like second nature. And, she, you know, she when she said the things of God, things like that must become second nature. Um, and how she was saying, you continue in my word, that you will be disciplines of me. I'm a disciple of disciplines, disciples of me. So, you know, I was just like, wow, you know, and, you know, you can see the fruit, you know, that is um, flourishing, you know, you can see the things and the fruit that is um, blossoming in our lives as we go through things and how when you are of God, 
become, everything about him becomes like second nature to you in your life. So everything is about him as you become more and more of him. So that, that was good. It was anyone else? This is auntie. Can you hear me? Yes. I like what she said and everything in the scriptures to back it up. What I find is definitely we have to be willing. It's not an emotional thing. It's a will to yield our will to the Lord. He said the word surrender and submission. And as human beings, the body and the flesh don't like to surrender mm-hmm. or be submit. And we fight this on a daily basis. I love when you explain that God is not looking for perfection. He's looking for willingness. And when you are willing to yield over areas that you know, you are very much aware of which you will submit and which you will not submit. But to be told, as she said, discipline, you have to be willing to submit and surrender in one area at a time and be consistent. I thought this was outstanding. And it ministered to my soul. Y'all have a good night. Amen. Thank you. Anyone else? This was really good. All right. Um, If not, we're going to ask that Sora Gloria um, pray us out. Hello. Hello. I'm still here. Uh, Hello. Yeah. Yes. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Mom. I think she said good night. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, I guess I, I don't know. I guess I'll pray us out. All right. Well, um, oh my dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you have given us to come together to hear your word that you have given our um, sister Gloria for us on tonight, Father God, regarding spiritual discipline. Father God, we thank you for how you have um, shown us how we are to get our flesh under control, how we are to be disciplined and continue to um, show true attributes of you um, that will show true discipline, Father God. Father God, we thank you for how you have told us to make things to be of you, things of you to be like second nature, Father God, and how you can, how if we continue in your word, we are um, to be the disciples of Christ, Father God. Father God, um, we thank you that you are with us and that you help us to determine the direction of our lives, Father God. Father God, allow us 
to walk after the spirit and not after the flesh, Father God. Help us to continue to speak our spirit, man, um, so that it can dominate the flesh, Father God. Father God, help us to renounce anything that's not like you, Father God. Help us to believe in all things and believe that you have given us all things and all things are for you and to glory and to glory and honor you, Father God. Father God, help us to continue to be steadfast, Father God, and not be scared, Father God, and be consistent in all that we do, Father God. Help us to continue to bear fruit of the spirit, Father God, love being the one um, of them all and that they all, all the others will fall in order, Father God. Father God, as was mentioned, Father God, help us to have the will to be of you. Father God, help us to surrender and be submissive to your word, Father God. Help us continue to be a light that shines for you, Father God, um, with everyone that we encounter, Father God. Help us to allow your light to shine through us and through us to each and every one, Father God. Let them see you and all that we say and do, Father God. Help us to be continue to be a beacon of light for you, Father God, and show someone else who you are, Father God, and how you continue to bless us and guide us and use us for your glory, Father God. Father God, as we depart to our different ways, Father God, continue to bless us, Father God, as we lay down to sleep. Father God, let us be able to receive rest and rise again on tomorrow, Father God, to do your will, Father God. Continue to help us to do what's pleasing in your sight, Father God. Continue to use us in a mighty way and will be ever so um, willing to give you glory and honor and praise. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, on this evening, um, we hope that you are blessed, that you were blessed, and that you continue to be blessed. Thank you, and hopefully we will talk again soon, if God's willing. Amen. 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 Good night. Amen. Amen. Good night. Good night. Good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.